Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are. Welcome again to another episode on Talk Architecture. I'm your host, Naziati Muhammad Yaqub. Now, I would like to revive the series that we had done perhaps a year ago or even more. The series on architects or artists. And then I kind of uh, had a different perspective or stance on this topic, but I want to open it up a bit more. And I think the people whom I invited to talk about it were uh, people whom I had collaborated with before. So this time, I'm just going to uh, provide a space for thoughts to um, to be expressed in a conversation. And there is a subheading to this, or let's say this is um, an extension of that discussion on architects or artists. Um, I would like to entitle this uh, series observations and starting conversations. Now, the last episodes, um, in particular, the one where Kevin Mountlow and myself were talking to five architecture graduates, and I would call that starting conversations because. Um, starting conversation is something, um, it's different than just conversations. It's, 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 um, a way to recognize other views. So that's what talk architecture wants to do now. Um, to come out of its comfort zone in a way, but still feeling about you know, we're not jumping out of the comfort zone. We're just feeling about what are the themes and topics that people are interested in. And still in keeping on, um, you know, what we set out to do earlier on theory of architecture, philosophy, and um, architecture education and architecture practice. Um, basically, a subject that is being, uh, I don't know, underrated or a subject that is being put to the side, architecture theory and philosophy in terms of the architecture education. And we have heard about market employability as the purpose or, sorry, the um, agenda um, to train architecture graduates, so uh, to fit into the market, to fit into the into the perception of how architects should be trained, and um, that is to do with the expectations of um, the expectations of the employers, and who are the employers but architects who need to get jobs, who need to get. Um, uh, who need to serve the client and 
in the market economy, the client is the developer. So um, we would like to debate then um, that even though um, there is this condition that is being presented, is it the true condition? Is it, is it the condition that serves the purpose of society? Yes, it's true. Society. Society. Um, is the end game or profit is the end game? So is it, you know, which one really? And um, in terms of sustainability, one would need to look into society much more closer. And it's not the building, but the human being. So go going back to theory and philosophy of the employability of architectural graduates is a huge discussion obviously but where we can find some so, sort of uh, threads of starting conversations that's what we're trying to find now in doing this series that is on observations which is the core fundamental um, skill that needs to be there or need to be cultivated, learned and cultivated. Um, when we first start out in architecture, is it not um, a skill that other professions need to to also embrace in the be very beginning um, of um, of learning to be an architect? I mean, other profession meaning. Medical practitioners, do they? I mean, they are problem solvers as well. So observation um, of the patient, they have to do with the patient. So they need to uh, observe. And uh, much of the information comes from the patient themselves to save time and energy. So there's some sort of a psychological uh, part to... A medical practitioner, whatever specialization or whatever clinic they're serving, um, <clears throat> and provide the treatment, so relieving the pain. Now, in architecture, is it similar as the medical professional? In architecture, there is observation of the condition. Um, so, <clears throat> in the practical side of things um, <coughs> excuse me the architect creates a brief and um, if we were to talk about building something on site there's some site observations some inventory or analysis and uh, coupled with some research on the site and getting other other people to come up with their observations or their tests, scientific tests on the ground, the stability of the ground site and other factors, the land surveyor, the civil engineers, the um, and other consultants to give their feasibility studies and sometimes you have also a master planning and and um, 
some sort of environmental environmental impact assessment is being done. So observations are something that is bread and butter and uh, with a naked eye, one could uh, provide assumptions to be validated or verified later on by the uh, specialists. Now, these are very technical. And at the end of the day, like Giorgio Garci said, the architect is going towards that direction of being technical no matter what. And that's the very basis of what the architect do. So we have other things that what architects like to do and whether there is time to do them. We've heard conversations, starting conversations regarding how there is not enough time to um, to undertake a project in the beginning as compared to when uh, the, the graduates that we interviewed the other day um, were doing their studio projects. They had more time to dwell upon the project. And of course, because of time constraints in the architecture practice, they don't have much time. So it is more like writing down, listing down the priorities in the project that one would have to tackle immediately and whatever philosophy one has, whatever attitudes one have, one is trying to negotiate whether the client would like to listen, would like to acknowledge what um, opinions that the architect have. And for some clients, they already know what they want and you just have to follow them. If not, they were not, uh, you know, um, uh, they were not fun or they would not uh, pay you for your, your services, obviously. So now what is ha- that has to do? You see, architects as artists is at one side. And then you have the, the issue that the architect, five architecture graduates mentioned regarding um, the lack of time to do the project properly. So what do, what do these two things have to do? So I'm trying to reconcile both themes with observations and starting conversations. Now, every single endeavor or project has the... Um, a dialogue, some, you know, you, you are given the responsibility to come up with a design and, uh, you could be the project architect or you're in the team and collect all the information together to start out the project. And some information may not be as important as other information. So depending on the collaboration within the internal team, of the architecture project, you know, which is a real project, this construction project that you need to include other team members from other consultants. So in the beginning, when you start the conversation, the dialogue regarding the project, there are already stories, already um, a list of things that you have noted and studied from the briefing by the client or something that you've done on site. So starting conversations, one can imagine that is uh, when you start a conversation should be more relaxed or that, oh, okay, you know, let's have a cup of tea. You still can do that. 
even when you embark on a project, you can still be relaxed. There is a way to control your emotion in dealing with the day-to-day. You don't have to rush about things like a mad person. You know, I mean, um, well, I hope that this doesn't trigger anyone or uh, make anyone feel, um, uh, feel, you know, that is politically incorrect when I said like a mad person. But uh, I'm sure there will be people who not really like that. Now, okay, like a crazy person, perhaps? Okay. You know what I mean? You could be not in control of your emotions. And and that, in the beginning, is, is a crucial thing where you you need to be in control. Now, I'm not trying to be, um, what do you call it, uh, holier than Tao or trying to be someone who knows everything. I'm just um, giving a viewpoint from my own. So I hope that you did not um, offend anyone. But what I'm trying to say is not in terms of the mental health, situation, but more in terms of um, giving observations, giving the skill to observe a chance in the process of design. Because that was what, that skill was the skill that was the very first skill or a skill that was very important when you were in school. Um, you were taken to various places and asked to sketch. We see sketching is such an important activity actually at that time. But after the, after which, as you, um, progress or, um, became much more experienced, there's less sketching done and just go, go right into the project. And one could argue that by the time you're in your third year, fourth year, fifth year, you don't really sketch. That was the um, the thing that is connected to being uh, architects or artists. Sketching is the the activity or the function or the the skill that straddles between uh, the architect and the artist is the architect who is the artist still relevant in your mid-level architecture career or even entry level or senior level senior architects a lot of people seem to Love the idea that when you're more senior, you can call the shots, uh, have much better control of the project, and you have time to sketch. You have that time, that precious moment to be able to um, read more and so on. But when you're a mid-level architect, um, there's so many responsibilities to be done. And where is the time? But you can make time. In the form of routines. This, the word routines, or routine, to me, 
is fascinating because it is something that is planning the day, you know, planning the day, but it is something that is cultivated and something that is um, reassuring and forms some sort of security or secure uh, feelings throughout the day. Now, I learned this from an Instagram post by Neurodivergent Lou regarding autistic people needing to have their routines. Now, before this, I've been thinking about routines on my own accord and thinking about how routines uh, was something that was inculcated in my earlier life and I just followed it and and um, we take it for granted. Um, we like to call it planning or, you know, scheduling, calendar, put your diary, put your activity. And it's like filling up the day. But actually, the morning routine is important to have meditation and journaling and exercising and it will set the tone for the rest of the day. But there is also the bulk of the day, which is a routine itself. And the routine of the routine or the freedom, to, the freedom of doing nothing is also routine. <laughs> one doesn't like the word routine because one feels that it's akin to a military regime. No, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, so discipline, you know, one, one feels the word discipline to be, to be, um, to be something that is controlling oneself. One feels that one is subjugated or subjected to some sort of a regime, isn't it? When one think about routine, but if you are the one that is creating the routine, you're trying to discipline yourself, you're trying to create um, productivity, a more productive outcome of the day or a much more fulfilling outcome of the day will make you much more happier. Now, that's, this is a sidetracking a bit, but going back to artists, architects or artists, an artist is not someone who d draw just for, uh, draw with intention, you know, not just drawing for the sake of drawing. It's not, doodling is, is also a helpful way to start something. And any little scratchy thing that you put on paper, be it a highly a sketch of a seed pod and studying a seed pod or you know a leaf or some nature nature study it is highly important uh, activity in terms of um exploring now let there be a chance for you to create in your daily routine um, some sort of exploration with all your observations and start a conversation. Well, starting a conversation is nice to go and just note them down or podcast them or, or just put them in an audio file or share your thoughts because it's a form of, uh, you know, writing a book. When Remember when Kevin Marlowe was talking about 
the books to be read and actually expanding your mind, reading about other people's thoughts. You know, you come out of your comfort zone or you come out of your what you think about something and then you read what other people think about something or, or just exploring other people's minds. It's the same. It's, it's, it's a very important um, um, thing to do in terms of the exchange of ideas um, that we we create in starting conversations. So, yeah, I think that it would be a good idea to create a series on observations and starting conversations. And thank you very much for listening to this podcast on uh, ruminating and thinking about it. And this is a teaser for the things to come. So thank you for listening. Have a good day.